Do you ever want to dive deeper into the Bible, but you just don't know where to begin or struggle to feel like you even have the time? When you read the Bible, do you get frustrated because you know there's so much more in there, you just have no clue how to get it out? Or maybe you just want to know the Bible better and you are looking for any resource to help. Well, then this is the podcast for you. Welcome to the Context and Color of the Bible podcast. We are two sisters who love to study the Bible and help others understand it better. And by the way, I am <laughs> Erica and I'm Veronica. When it comes to our own study of scripture, we have found that in bringing back the context of scripture, it adds to our understanding. It actually adds color to the black and white pages of the text. Veronica. <laughs> yes. This is episode what episode is it? 137. 137. I thought so. Oh, we are on Genesis 25. Yeah. My brain's slow today. Yeah. <laughs> Erica, actually, when we started, like, just sat there waiting for me to start the <laughs> intro. Right. <laughs> I did. I was like, I wonder how many seconds she's going to wait. We had some blank spaces yeah. for a while that we removed, so it's no longer on the podcast. But yeah, so my, I will apologize, listener, my brain is a little slow today, but that's all right. It's okay, because mine's Cause not. you're the teacher, and Veronica. Yes, yeah, so that's really all that matters. Yes. So you're going to take us into Genesis. I am. Back into Genesis. Back. We're going to finish up the second half of chapter 25. Okay. Because, and really, we're only covering half of 25 and 26 today, because we're only looking, th- poor Isaac. He this doesn't is like get it for his airtime. Right. <laughs> because even 25, we already have his boys. Right. And as soon as you get into 27, we're switching to his boys. So Isaac, this desired child of Abraham and Sarah that we've waited 25 years to show up. Yeah. gets like one chapter to himself in scripture. You almost wonder if if Moses was like, this isn't about you, Isaac. Right. So we're just going to make sure everybody recognizes. Because what it really is about is watching that seed. Right. And where it's going to go. Well, we already know it's going to Isaac. That's, That's true. There's no, no question. Brainer. Right. It's, it's not Ishmael. To, yeah. What becomes the question then is Isaac has two boys. Which one's going to get Which one the gets seed? the seed? So as you're watching this, as we're seeing these stories come out. Right. It should be an obvious, oh, I know who's carrying the seed. So as we get introduced to Isaac and not Isaac, Esau and Jacob, watch and ask yourself, if the author's trying to say who's carrying the seed, right? watch their actions, watch their character, watch how they... Which one would you pick, <laughs> yeah, dear you listener? Would, exactly. Because <laughs> I know which one I would pick. <laughs> right. So, but all of this is to say a chapter and a half dealing with Isaac. The son we've waited for for 25 it's years. Not much airtime. Right. But we're setting, to me, we're kind of setting the stage. Because if you look at chapter 25, 19 through, I forgot. The all 34. The yes. Yeah, 34. We get Isaac getting married to Rebecca. Mm-hmm. And how old is Isaac when he gets married? 40. It's in verse 19. Verse yes. 20. Isaac was 40. And then what's interesting is we throw in a quick little genealogy because we're keeping in mind. Oh, yeah. Laban. Don't forget about him. We've already met him and we're going to see him again. Right. But then what's interesting, Erica, we see in verse 21, what's going on? 
Uh, Rebecca's barren. So yes. Isaac is praying for her. Okay. Abraham is still alive at this point. If Isaac was <laughs> born with... Okay, let me work it this way. Abraham was 100 when Isaac was born. Right. Isaac is now 40 when he gets married. Right. That means Abraham's 140, and Abraham dies when he's 175. You have to wonder if Abraham took Isaac to the side and went... Let me warn you, <laughs> do not do it the way I did it. Right? It doesn't go well. Right? So I love that it sounds like Isaac prays and then Rebecca becomes pregnant with twins. But if you jump down to verse 26. Right. How old is Isaac when the twins are born? He's 60. He's 60. So between 40 and 60. 20 years. Somewhere Rebecca struggles with fertility. I'm going to guess it wasn't at 60 when she comes to Isaac and is like, hey, it's been 20 years. Let's have some kids. Right. I'm going to guess she dealt with a long range. Like Sarah. Yes. But it's just fascinating. Hmm. Isaac prays for her. And then what I love is two children are struggling in her womb. We all know this. Right. And to me, these verses are just setting the stage because from Rebecca and Isaac, we get twins, mm -hmm. Esau and Jacob. Right. Which ultimately God says, there's two nations warring in your womb. So we have the Jews through Jacob mm -hmm. and then through Esau, we get the Edomites. Right. And so again, just like with Lot and his daughters, we got the Moabites and the Ammonites and you always have to keep their backstory in mind when you read about them. Right. We right. need to keep this backstory of these two brothers, Jacob and Esau, and their relationship. Right. It's kind of a tense <laughs> kind relationship. Of. Yeah, forever. It's not. And that's what we see with the Jews and the Edomites. Right. Which actually I found fascinating. In Deuteronomy 23, God told the Jews they were forbidden from hating the Edomites. Which is like, you're not allowed to hate them. Which is going to say that right now. If that's so I have funny. to tell you not to right. hate them. <laughs> right. That means you probably want to. Right. But when you get to King Saul and King David, they're constantly warring with the Edomites. Right. You see the Edomites come up in Ezekiel, Malachi, Obadiah. In Obadiah, the Edomites get the smackdown because they were very cruel to the Jewish people. Mm -hmm. So God's like, oh, no, 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 you did not. Right. And right. then we get our most famous Edomite. Who would be King Herod in the New Testament. Right. So just from the beginning, just because remember, when we look at genealogies, the idea is how the father is, the son will be. Right. So these two brothers struggle to get along. Their people. Their people struggle to get along. But I also want to point out, as we look at chapter 25, we get to this, again, stories we have heard and read. Right. All the time. I mean, these are the ones we teach our kids. Jacob and Esau. Jacob is hairy. No, Esau's hairy. Oh, Esau's hairy. Right. Esau's got that goat, you know, so right. hairy. We'll get into that more next week. You can put a goat on the guy. Right. <laughs> How hairy is yes. he? But we quickly get this. The boys grow up. In the first story, we really get, okay, they're warring in the womb. And then the next story is they're adults. Right. And Esau comes back from hunting. We find out they're totally opposite in how, what they like, what they do. Right. To the point that each parent picks a favorite child. Never a good idea. No, because that, Never. that family trait gets carried on. Right. 
and causes more issues. Right. Jacob doesn't learn. No, but we get Esau. He comes back and he's starving. I'm famished to the point of I'm starving to death. Really? That's kind of I what... mean, I have sons. And so I do hear that. Mom, I'm starving. Yes. But really? Right. I have one who show, would show me how, <gasps> look how little my tummy is and he'd suck it in. Right. It's like, Chase, <laughs> right. you're not starving to death. Right. But Isa comes and he's starving. And so Jacob's like, sure, I'll give you food, but some of your birthright. Now, let's really think about this. Jacob was ready. He was. He was ready. This was not an instantaneous like, oh. Right? Like he's waiting for this. But Esau, there's at least a thousand people we've decided in <laughs> Abraham's camp. Even if there's not. There's still hundreds. Jacob's the only one that has food. Right. Jacob is the only tent, only place you can go to to get food. Right. Go find somebody. Right. Clearly there's food around. But so what it's setting up is Jacob's ready for the opportunity when it presents itself. Right. I'll take your birthright. And Esau clearly has no value or puts any honor on that birthright. What is the birthright exactly? The birthright is the firstborn gets special privileges, basically. Because let's be honest, the firstborns are always the favorite. Right. Yeah, <laughs> you're so funny. Although sometimes that probably is true. But what's the purpose of those special well, privileges? Well, those special privileges, you would get double the inheritance. Right. But also comes responsibility then. Right. You know, and that's what I like about scripture is oftentimes the reward, the blessings come with greater responsibility. Very true. You know? Yeah. So that firstborn yeah. has the double portion of the inheritance, but you also now will manage everything you will take care of your parents in their old age you will oversee right. this and make sure mom and dad are set up and taken care of and have food and provisions for the rest of their lives so it's interesting in one sense maybe esau didn't care enough about his parents yeah, when you put it that way yeah i mean when you think it through like this is what the birthright means jacob is saying right. i will take care of mom and dad i'll get more money for it right but i'll take care of mom and dad yeah and esau's like Pfft. I'll fine, go whatever. Leave. Yeah, mm -hmm. I'll be fine with my bit and right. I'll go. Because truthfully, mm -hmm. I'm just going to skip us to the end so we can be done talking about Esau. At the right. end of chapter 26, where we're going to end today, not the podcast right now, at age 40, Esau married two Hittite women. Right. And he his wives made their lives miserable for Isaac and Rebecca. He clearly shows us over and over again. Right. He doesn't really care. Right. So those two stories, just in a chapter and a half, our introduction to Esau is he doesn't care about his family. He doesn't care about, in a way, the community, the obligation, the his societal culture of what is expected of him. Yeah, He's not doing it. And so Jacob maybe already knows this and that's why he's prepared. Right. Right. You know, maybe yeah. that's why Jacob's maybe that's why Jacob's willing to go along as we get into the podcast next week with Rebecca's ideas. Right. You know, there's just, uh, if you're not going to take care of mom and dad, you don't really care. I I'll do. do. Yeah, I'll take I it. I want it. Right. But so, again, keep in mind as you read these stories, we're watching where is the seed going to go. But now let's get into Isaac. In chapter 26, this is Isaac's only ch chapter he gets to claim all to himself. And what is the first thing we see happening with him in verse 1? There's a famine in yeah. the land. Again. Yeah, and so Abraham, like Abraham, had to deal with the famine. Now Isaac does. Right. So what did I? What did Abraham do 
Abraham went to Egypt. Right. And we know how that turned out because he was a little worried about his safety. Right. But Isaac doesn't go to Egypt. No. He goes to Gerar. He goes south to the land of the Philistines. Right. But so the question would be, Abraham's probably still alive at this point. Right. Because Abraham was, let me look at my notes again. When the boys were born, Jacob and Esau, Abraham was 160 years old. And they were 15 when Abraham died. So I'm going to guess Abraham is still potentially alive. Right. It doesn't sound like the boys. Doesn't. There's no mention of the boys yet. Right. I don't know. But even if they are, they were 15 when Abraham died. It's potential. It's potential Abraham's still around right. during all this. But yeah. so why wouldn't Isaac do what his dad did? Well, that's what we need to read and look at verses 2 through 6. The Lord comes to him and says, don't go to Egypt. And right. then what I love is he takes some of those same words that he used with Abraham. Live in the particular land, I'm going to tell you. I'll be with you. I'll bless you. And then he confirms the oath that he swore to Abraham. But look why he's confirming the oath. In verse 5? Yes, I think so. Because Abraham obeyed me and kept my requirements, my commands, my decrees, and my laws. Yeah, so it's already a done deal. Abraham obeyed. Right. And so now you get the blessings. Right. You get this, and I'm going to be with you. So Isaac stays there. Mm Mm-hmm. But then just like his father, <laughs> right. what happens? This to me makes me go wonder if Abraham's like, well, let me tell you how I did it. And it worked out perfectly both times. Right. Isaac lies. Right. She's my sister. Right. So again, I just love that the author highlights. Okay, we're going to show you some similar situations. Right. Watch how it plays out. Isaac carries. On. Isaac did a great job of praying for his wife to get pregnant. Right. And Abraham does never recorded doing that. This time, though, Isaac copies right. his dad's lie. Right. But then he makes it worse. He gets caught making out with his wife right? in public. Isaac, if you're going to tell people she's your sister, treat her like a sister. <laughs> right. My boys would be horrified. Seriously. But I love it. So Abimelech comes. And he's like, what are you doing? We could have sinned against you. So Abimelech, verse 11, makes a public proclamation. Anyone who touches this man or his wife will be put to death. But then just like we saw with Abraham, after the truth came out, Abraham gets blessed. He gets sent away with manservants, female servants, and all kinds of cattle. Look at verse 12 of what happens to Isaac. Isaac planted crops in the land that year, and the same year reaped a hundredfold because the Lord blessed him. Which is fascinating to me. Here we get a story of Isaac, I'm not going to say was doing the right thing. Right, right. But yet God is faithful right, to what he's going to do. He blessed Isaac a hundredfold. Right. Can you imagine if your stocks or your investments a hundred like came whoa. back a hundredfold? That's yeah, that's a good way to put it. Like, that's wow. huge. That is huge. Yeah. I mean, and so again, I'm not saying God's saying go lie and I'll bless you. No. I'm no. saying God is faithful. Even when his people are faithless. Yes. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Right. But Isaac gets so blessed. He gets a rich man. His wealth continues to grow 
until the Philistines became jealous of him. And so they stop up his wealth. <laughs> I just get this picture of these men going, we're going to show him. And they start kicking wa- they kick dirt into right? his wells. Like, fine, that's what we're going to do. Like, oh, please. Right? But it's so funny. Because, again, Abraham had similar situations like that. He right. had issues with wells. Right. And whose well is it? Yeah. And, again, watch Isaac's character. How does he handle these situations? He leaves. Yeah. He doesn't make a scene. He doesn't demand his rights. He doesn't even. Right. He leaves. Yell or scream like I might be tempted to do. Mm -hmm. But he comes along. They keep digging wells. And finally, Abimelech comes along and says, hey, we've got some issues going on. Yeah, thing. (laughs) I know. And so, but think about Abimelech is the king of the Philistines. Right. Look at how he treats Isaac. Look at what he says to Isaac. I would think the fact that he even comes to Isaac. Right. Instead of sending one of his servants. Right. Just shows the respect and authority and reputation Isaac has. Right. So we don't get a big glimpse into Isaac's life. But But we do get enough of a glimpse. Right. To see who he is, how he handles himself. And so, but I also like that there are troubled times in Isaac's life. Right. It wasn't like Isaac had a smooth, hey, God blessed you, everything goes smoothly. No, uh-uh. You know? Yeah. But after he has these troubled times, look, verse 23, actually 24, who appears to Isaac? The Lord appeared to him and said, I am the God of your father, Abraham. Do not be afraid. I am with you. And so I just like that, that here... God kind of did that same thing to Abraham. When hard times came, he would show up. Right, right. You know, we get probably most of Isaac's life, God didn't appear to him. Right. And so it's easy to get caught up in the thought of, oh, if I could have been like with Abraham or Isaac, God's always showing up to them. He really didn't. Right. In the everyday mundane tasks, right? they just went about their day. God showed up after these hard times. And what I like is what Isaac does he builds an altar and worships there and sets up camp. So then we go on to another part where Abimelech comes and they're having some issues. And they're like, we need to talk about this. There's been some things going on. We can see the Lord is with you and we want to enter a treaty with you. Because again, go back to that idea. Whoever lines up with Abraham and his family will be blessed. Right. And their enemies will be cursed. Right. So Abimelech's like, we can see God's with you. Let's make a treaty. Right. We'll be on your side, Isaac. Right. So (laughs) here's what they do, though. Not only do they just make a treaty. Verse 30, Isaac prepares a covenant feast to celebrate it. And the next morning they take a solemn oath and Isaac goes home and they left in peace. And what I want to talk about as we end out today is the idea of table fellowship. Because this is something I don't know that we totally grasp right? when we read scripture. When you see two different groups coming together to eat, it was more than just literally sitting at a table and consuming food. Right. There was understanding of what it meant. I did not eat with my enemies in those days. Right. Yes. You only sit down and eat with people you are at peace with or want to have peace with. Mm-hmm. So Lois Verberg says, the table is a place of mutual trust and vulnerability. Sitting down at the table to eat with someone meant 
you were in a protected relationship with them. And that word could be your house. If you see two houses coming or the house of, that would be your family lineage. And that word table could stand for then all your family and friends, those who you trust and whom you depend on. These are the people you have table fellowship with. And you can see that showing up then, like in Psalm 23. David talks about the Lord preparing a table right. before him in the presence of his enemies. Because at, right. if I'm sitting at God's table, he'll protect me. He'll protect me. He is bound to protect me. Right. You see this show up in Exodus 24. Yeah. Verses 9 through 11. Is Moses and those 70 elders, yep. so 70 leaders, sit at a table yep. in God's presence. And they eat and drink. Right. Because yeah. the covenant had just been established. Right. But so to me, just the idea of, okay, Abimelech and Isaac are coming to this table. We are in a place of mutual trust, vulnerability. I will protect you. You will protect me. This is where we're going to always remember, hey, remember that day we ate together? Remember that covenant we made? Right. No longer can we. We cannot be at war with each other. We cannot have this antagonizing going on. But also, as we get farther into the book of Genesis, we'll see where two people who have grievances come together and eat. Right. Because you also use that table fellowship as a place of letting go of grievances Mm -hmm. and offering forgiveness. Right. So when you share that meal with a person, you're no longer allowed to bring up the grievances Hmm. after that point. Hmm. So pay attention when that happens later on in Genesis. Right. But I want to say for all of us, Every time you take communion, Mm -hmm. you are sitting at God's table. Mm -hmm. So he's the host. Right. He's bound to protect you, to be the shelter for you. And also it's that time of bringing up the grievances and asking for forgiveness, getting offered forgiveness from God and then letting him go. Do you think that's what Paul means when he says examine yourself? Probably. You know, like, okay, bring up those areas where, Lord, I was wrong. Right. But, Lord, this person was wrong. And right. But it also, because to me then, okay, it's not just me and God sitting at the table. Right. There's a whole group of people There's sitting with me. There's a group of us sitting at right. this table together. How right. are my relationships with them? Right. If I'm going to take communion with them, have I let my grievances go? There was a time for about five months I didn't take communion. Yeah. In my life. Yeah. At different periods, but there's a. Right. Yeah. Because it's like, I'm not at peace. Right. And I need time. And. Right. And I I think. So I think that's where you are examining. How am I with God? But also, how am I with those sitting at this table with me? Right. Because on the other hand, you go, okay, what an amazing thing. I am sitting at God's table. Right. You know, yes, it needs to be a somber but there's joy, but too. there's joy and excitement yeah. of I'm eating yeah. at God's ta- yeah. table. What does that mean? What is he offering me? Right. When I do this. Right. And so just as we end today, I like that idea of, you know, every church does it a little bit differently. Right. The time frame is a little bit different. Right. But next time you are presented with the opportunity to take communion. Yeah. Think about whose table you're sitting at. Yeah. And who's sitting with you. Right. It might affect (laughs) whether or not you take it or how you take it. But if you know, oh, it's coming up. Right. I need to get prepared. Right. To be able to sit at God's table. Right. Because the thing is, once you've sat at that table and eaten with that person, are you willing to let go of those grievances? 
yeah, that's why I didn't take communion because <laughs> I was nothing. I was struggling. Yeah. Right. So with that, it is a little bit shorter this week. That's okay because yeah. we're sticking with how the author handled Isaac's life. Right. So there you go. So we're a little yes. shorter. We're a little bit shorter. But next week, we need to come back to that idea of we're watching the seed. Right. Clearly, the seed is going to go with Jacob. If you couldn't Clearly. tell that from the first <laughs> right. introduction to Esau. Right. But we need to see how that relationship between Isaac and Esau and Jacob all plays out. Right. Because Isaac's not dead yet. We're not getting to the, I'm we're not getting to the end of his life. And so we need to see what happens. Right. But thanks for joining us. This is the context and color of the Bible. As always, we are on social media. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook. We have websites where if you want to ask questions, if you say, you know what? I'm not totally sure. Maybe you think Abraham was dead in chapter 26 the whole entire time. That's okay. We're not here to right. say we know it all. We're just here to go. Let's consider all the possibilities. We're adding color to the pages of the right. text. So, right. so thanks for joining us and we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye.